and they would just print the shirt and then make all this money. And I didn't, and I was like getting pretty annoyed and frustrated. So then I was like, hey, I have an idea for the Masters I, like, shirt. We can throw this up, you know, because it's going to be like on a, on a fall Saturday. And they, and I like flipped out finally. I was like, no, we're just going to use my design. Here's the design. And they made it like exactly. And it was like their best selling shirt of the season. Interesting. Well, that was a great story, Chris. It's really good to be back with you. Fuck you, Tyler. I let you. You know, you know what? I've had enough fucking misguided bullshit comments headed at me all weekend. So I'm not going to take it from you of all people. Welcome back to another episode of College Football Uncensored Podcast, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, my co-host, Chris Marler. Chris. Viral sensation, Chris Marler. Viral sensation. And another step of hating UGA. No, that's not like I'm... Don't don't add fuel to this fucking bullshit Dude, you fire. you hate Stetson Bennett. Just admit it. I... You know what? Hold on. I don't want to get up and you're going to see this, how everything, how shitty. Hold on. My room's a mess. Is that your podcast microphone back there? What? <laughs> what? Things are in disarray, Tyler. So you should be Whoa. that. I'm moving. Do you, pl- you want to plug that in or? No, no, we're good. We're good. Okay. You're moving? Anyway, I don't hate, I don't hate sets and better. I actually have loved Stetson Bennett for a very long time, longer than most fucking Georgia fans have. That being said, I'm changing my favorite shirt. So that being said, um, it is still insane. You see, you weren't even on the podcast when we did this one last week. We talked about the Stetson thing, um, about like the fact that he didn't graduate. And so, so let's just well, off the top because it's it's now become a national story as it. Like Ben Diesel, I know that you're trolling, and I and I get the whole thing, and it's and I I fully understand what you're doing. It would hold so much more weight. It would hold like no part of bringing up the Stetson not graduating thing was a slight at Stetson. I even said it in the video. It wasn't like I, I'm not judging him. It took me five and a half years to get a fucking degree in liberal studies. It it happens. Like I, I'm not it, like he's gonna be just fine. We all love we all love Stetson Bennett. Um, and I'm sure, Harry, I'm sure you are over it. I'm sure you are over it. The entire rest of like the college football world obviously also cared about it because that's why the story went viral everywhere. And it was all over TikTok. It had over like 100K views. And it was all over, you know, it's like it was it was being like I was on Philly radio last week um, and all that kind of shit. And I fully understand like what's happening. I, and if we're going to talk in facts, like I try to always say, the reason why you guys got upset is because it's about your team. And it's not even anything bad about him, but it would hold so much more weight about the Stetson thing and you guys getting all butthurt about it if your own fan base didn't start the whole fucking thing about Jalen Hurts and like who's allowed to claim him very weirdly like two months ago. It's a crazy story. Stetson's going to be fine. No one cares. Like he's, he's doing great. Again, don't be mad at me. Be mad. Like it, it took more than one person to help him not graduate for that long. I mean, look, he clearly has a job at Raising Cane's if he wants. And here's another thing. Harry says we have no true answer. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. You just don't want to admit that I got it right, and that is the answer. He didn't graduate. If you look all across the internet and are trying to find a picture or a mention or whatever of a football player at Georgia graduating and you can't find it, that's the answer. He didn't graduate. (laughs) Like, I don't – I mean – we like I get that it's unbelievable. I still like have a hard time believing it, but we found the facts. Like we we did find it. It's not some whistleblower investigation. It's not gonna change the course of his career. It's not gonna change the fact that George just won two daddies. But we found we found the truth. This is like this is the truth. He didn't graduate. I don't like I just I just don't get it. I just don't get it. He was in college for six or seven years. It was six years. I just feel oh. like it's almost impossible to not graduate. Yeah, we, and we already did the story, and we already talked about it. And, yeah. and Harry is right, and I love Harry to death. 
but like we have already talked about it and we don't need to get back into it. it is it's i was happy the only update was that you went viral from it yeah <laughs> it was awesome because it was like it was all over um i think like barstool actually credited me which was a shock um no but like i will say that from in this job it was like yeah it's cool that it happened like it's cool that we that that you know i knew i should have put the fucking podcast logo on the uh on the on the post about it chris that's a missed that's, that's what we call a missed opportunity in the biz you realize that I put it on the other one that I did about mental health like three weeks ago, and I had to have a talking to with our uh, <laughs> with our management. She was like, "I think it's great you're talking about mental health. Maybe you don't put the podcast and and logo on it about you talking about your problems." And I was like, "Yeah, that's fair." Mm-hmm. Anyway, I came in hot. I'm I'm very. It's been a it's been a great great weekend. Um, it's been a great day for I think I think Georgia especially. Um, yeah, speaking of Georgia QBs, wow. dude, like a huge, huge pickup. Yeah, I mean, obviously the number one player in the 2024 class, and he actually is a huge human being, especially for his age. 6'3, 220, consensus five star across the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Rayola commits to UGA today. He's out of Phoenix, I Arizona. I believe he's a five star plus kid, too, which is like a new thing. Yep. Uh, so, yes, which means that, yeah, he's a five-star on every network, which is pretty rare. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, this kid is projected to be a first-round pick as long as he has his head on straight. That's the kind of yeah. prospect he is. Um, so, I mean, it's crazy to me the kind of talent that UGA has recruited into that room. Well, here's what's scary. And there's two ways to look at it, and I'm not gonna be petty about Georgia and the quarterback thing because like I, I remember, and Willie Gray probably remembers this from a couple of years ago because I did bring it up, and I think it's a valuable thing, or a um, a valid thing because I remember saying one time, and I kind of still stand by it, kind of. Like, if you're a five star quarterback, how do you trust that Kirby Smart is going to do what's best for you by bringing you in? And when I said this, it was like three years ago, right? It was like the, uh, I think it was the JT Daniels thing. Because or right before he committed, because you saw the thing with Justin Fields and how that played out. Jake Fromm was like a five star on some sites, I think, early on at least. Um, and he started, but he didn't, you know, he kind of like he, he kind of his like the talent, like the ceiling was kind of there. Um, because the bottom line with Kirby is this Kirby want, is going to win because that's what fucking matters. It doesn't matter how many stars you have. He's uh, he's stockpiling a crazy amount of talent and then also develop like, developing them like. This is not some situation where you have like, oh, you brought in a five-star and this guy was a bust. Like, I mean, dude, you, he put up 55 first-round picks in his first seven years, multiple three-stars that he turned into starters and first-round picks, multiple. Like, there's not a coach in the country that's doing a better job with a program than Kirby Smart. So I I have like the slightest, smallest of hesitations to wonder if he's going to use Rayola effectively because we haven't seen him really do that with like this level of player. But the scary part is, and the overwhelming, I think feeling that a lot of fans probably have at this point is like, Jesus Christ, dude, this guy just won two natties with a walk on quarterback. What's he going to do with the best quarterback in the country who people think is like an all time level recruit that is like, has a higher ceiling than Arch Manning and all that stuff. It's like, I mean, it's an incredible job. Did you hear the rumors that Arch Manning was like already thinking about going in the portal? I didn't believe that for shit. Yeah, I don't either, but I don't know. You never know in these in this day and age. Um, so obviously it's huge. Uh, a bunch of people, including our own friend of the podcast, Graham Coffee, were tweeting about how this is just the start. Multiple huge commits coming in the coming days, weeks. I'm like, I mean, this is not probably going to happen at Georgia, regardless. I feel like, but whatever. But but not like this though, because here's here's the thing too is like, I don't think Bama's ever got a number one overall recruit. I think it's um. Andre Smith might've been it like Georgia it's, it's fun. And I remember thinking this a couple weeks ago, that it's kind of, it was kind of surprising to see how, how excited they were. I don't know. I don't know if there's a fan base that keeps up with everything more year round than Georgia fans, because they are like, because they also, they're in the middle of like, like this is the fun part, right? Like you're in the beginning of the dynasty. And I don't think their fans are big enough douchebags like Bama fans to be like, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of, I'm just used to it. Like whatever. Like it just like, kind of like, I don't know. Ruin the I whole think thing, it depends you know? on who you talk to. 
That's fair. Um, <laughs> there were a couple people I remember who didn't want to go out to LA last year because they're like, let's go to Houston next year. And I was like, fuck off. Um, no, but like they're in the middle of this whole thing. And, and I think there's a difference in getting a five-star quarterback versus getting the number one overall quarterback and also the number one commit in the entire country or recruit in the entire country. And the, yeah. the, the dominoes that that kind of brings in now, because these, you see all the, I know the portal's crazy, but you see all this like kind of like super team type shit where it's like, he's going to, he's going to bring in that Williams kid, the receiver. And they, he's the top receiver in that class. And, you know, and again, <laughs> like we've seen what Kirby can do. Kirby made the national championship game with Jake Fromm as a freshman and probably should have won. And now he's got the, this is crazy. But he didn't. I'm not going to say it, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, Smith is the, is, wait, Smith is the receiver who's committed to, um, to Ohio state currently out of Opelika, Florida, the number two guy, but a lot of people say they're a package deal. Um, I believe I'm right about that, right? If correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, if so. Um, I, I, I haven't heard much with UGA and Smith. I, I from what I've seen, he's even after Rayola decommitted from Ohio State, he's been all about Ohio State. Um, Florida was hopeful to get him on for an OV, but I don't think that's happening. I in terms yeah. of he might go on an uh, official visit, but he ain't gonna go to Florida. And and if you're a receiver, like I mean, I don't know how you don't go to Ohio State, just like with the numbers they're putting out there at that position, especially in the NFL. Um, but here's a scary thought. If you're, if you're a fan of any other team, if you're a fan of any other team, okay. Um, in the country, this is the current top six players in the country. Dylan Rayola, number one player just committed to Georgia. Jeremiah Smith receiver, six, three, one out of Florida committed to Ohio state. A lot of people think that he is a package deal with Rayola and he's going to go to Georgia. Um, Number three guy is uh is not committed, but he's a DL. He's of like a hundred percent crystal ball to OU. Number four player, Ellis Robinson the fourth cornerback from IMG, committed to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Number six and number five, <laughs> number five is Sammy Brown, who's a linebacker, who's number one linebacker in the country, um, who's from the state of Georgia, Jefferson, Georgia, which is right outside of Athens. Um, and then number six is Ryan Wingo, a receiver from St. Louis, who's a hundred percent crystal ball to Georgia. I'm not like say they miss on Smith, dude, then they're going to get four of the top six. Like it's just, it's just a crazy amount of, uh, of talent. No doubt. Um, all right, well, let's, let's maybe move away from Georgia. Although there might be some players on this list, um, that are involved in Georgia, but we're talking about the top five breakout players in 2023. Well, um, because one thing I want to do, sorry, is that I want to talk about, some of the former players like who were ranked number one and how things worked out for them um, mm. over the, over the past several, like past several years. Right. And like wh- where they projected or where they ended up last year, obviously you had Arch Manning. Um, it's obviously too early in his career to figure out where, where his career goes. We can just go through the last, um, the last, you know, 10 years. And this is just, just number one overall players, not quarterbacks. Okay. Miles Garrett ends up being the number one overall pick. Right. He was the number yep. one player in the country coming out of high school, ends up being the number one pick in the NFL draft um, once he finally uh, finished up school. Uh, 2015, Trent Thompson is actually the only number one player that ever went undrafted. Um, I think he ended up being in the league for a minute. Rashawn Gary, I don't remember if he was the first. So then, player. wait, Trent Thompson, he went to Georgia, so they have landed a number one overall player. Oh, yeah, you're right. But not, I guess, a like quarterback then, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rashawn Gary, who went to Michigan. Um I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he went to – he went number one overall. <clears throat> Maybe this wasn't a good idea. Number one in 2017 was Walker Little, an offensive tackle from Stanford. <laughs> Stanford, on. Stanford landed the number one overall pick – or number one overall player? It repeated that way. Okay. Maybe this wasn't <laughs> a good exercise. Uh, 2018, Trevor Lawrence obviously ends up being the number one overall pick. Um all right, this was a bad idea. Number one, 2019, was Antonio Alfano, who went to Bama and never stepped foot on the field and transferred like three of the schools. Number one the following year, Bryce Young, also went number one overall, so that's better. So it could happen. I, maybe this was a skewed. This was a misguided thing. I probably shouldn't have done this. I thought it was going to be a lot better. All right, top five breakout players in 2023. Uh, you want to start, Chris, or you want me to start with? I've talked too much already. All right. 
this guy, I feel like got a lot of accolades last year, especially because he had a big game against Auburn to start the year. Mm-hmm. But uh, Penn State running back Nick Singleton. Uh, was a true freshman last year. Yeah. 937 yards, 6.3 yards per attempt, 219 pounds, 10 touchdowns last year. Yeah. Um, against Auburn, I think that was kind of his breakout game, 12.4 yards per attempt. Yeah. Um, Penn State, I think, is vying to be a third team in the Big Ten that has a realistic shot at making the playoff next year. Um, another guy that could have been on this list is their quarterback, Drew Allar, who a lot of people think is really good. So I think Nick Singleton is going to have a breakout year next year for Penn State. My first one is not really a big um, – like I don't even know breakout's the right word for it. I just think if a lot of people in this part of the country don't know who he is, and it's, it's tied in from Texas, Jatavian Sanders, he's going to be a first-round pick. He's a – like there's – Brock Bowers has just dominated the talk around the tight end position so much that we don't really talk about any other players in that position around the country. This kid is really good, really good. Um, a lot of the talk on that team obviously gets around to uh, the receivers. Um and, and all that kind of stuff, and then the five-star talent they brought in there. But this kid's a former five-star. I think that he's, like, going to end up being – anytime you have, like, a guy that wears number zero, I just automatically assume – like, z- wearing zero now for a cultural player is kind of like um, when, when like, defensive linemen first start wearing single-digit numbers. I just assume they're, like, legit. Yeah. No, d- yeah, zero is kind of like when you used to get number one, you know, like uh- – that was always kind of a yeah a thing. All right, so for me, this guy probably not going to be on your list, but uh, Devontez Walker. He's a wide receiver, transferred out of Kent State. Uh, he went to UNC. Six foot three last year at Kent State. Nine hundred twenty-one yeah. yards, eleven touchdowns. Um, actually, in that UGA game last year, he put up seven catches on eight targets for one hundred and six yards and a touchdown. He, he's at UNC now with Drake May. Right, right. Uh, I think he could have that. a huge year next year. Yeah, that's a good one, Tyler. Um, okay. I will say, uh, and this is possibly going to be a big swing and a miss, okay? Okay. It's a good but, way to it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me preface this by saying, I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> um, Dante Moore, the quarterback who was from Detroit last yeah. year, I thought about him. Yeah. I, so I just think in that offense, we've seen Chip Kelly have so much success with quarterbacks in general. Um, I mean, if you're a Falcons fan like us, Marcus Mariota was a broken dream that was given or sold to us, or I don't know where they found him, like on a shelf at a fucking like Goodwill somewhere. But remember what he did with him back in the day um, was like magical. Uh, He's, Bigger than like than I think DTR was. I don't remember DTR size, but he did look kind of undersized, like running that offense. But you're talking about a four to five year dude that is leaving that offense, and and UCLA finally felt relevant again for the first time in a, in a while, right? I think Dante Moore is one of the many five stars. I think five or six five star quarterbacks from last year's class, and this is one of the. I think he was the he was ranked third, so and fourth overall in the country. Um, that's a really really good get for them. I think he'll be good. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's. I think. I mean, they just they brought in a kid from Kent State who play. I guess played with the wide receiver I just mentioned, Colin Schley. I believe his name is yeah. in the transfer portal. Maybe they'll give uh, more like half the year to kind of learn the system. But I mean, the kid's got all the talent in the world. So it's yeah, good, good pick. Uh, for me, um, more uh, these next couple are on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Going with the hometown team, Braden Fisk, yeah. D tackle, Florida State, transfer from Western Michigan, six foot five, three hundred pounder. He played all over the D line, A gap, B gap, outside, seven hundred thirty snaps last year. Um, he's you know he was on Western Michigan, so he was really yeah. the only guy on the team that was probably worth a shit. Worst um, fucking world. Now you put him on a D-line at Florida State that is the strength of the team outside of quarterback. I think he's going to have a huge year. Last year he had 35 quarterback hurries, eight sacks. Uh, he's a guy who I think people will know a lot about towards the yeah. middle of the year. Oh, man. Okay, so this is like – I'm having a really hard time not putting Arian Smith on this fucking list. 
And the reason I'm not going to is that when Connor and I did this in 2019, he was, he was still on my list of breakout players because he, um, as we've already talked about, you know how Georgia players are when they get to college, they don't ever graduate. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm obviously kidding. But he's he's had like, I don't know if you saw this going around on Twitter today. There was a, a thing about players, who's like a player you want to see what their life or their career would have looked like without injuries. Arian Smith is up there, man, from like a college football standpoint right now. He's, he's definitely up there for me. Um, I will say that I think the next pick I'm going to make or person I'm going to say receiver from Mizzou, Luther Burden, five-star kid from last year, thought he would have had a breakout. It's hard to, to have a offensive minded coach. And I understand the limitations they've had at quarterback fully get it, but you lost Larry Roundtree and then you lost, um, and I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Of course. Like Dominic always, Lovett. Nope. Um, yes, that too. Um, so that's an even better point. But the running back they had in in 2021, who was like, I think he kind of like 73% of their offense in the last like month of November, yeah. the last season. Little bowling uh, ball guy. No, that was Roundtree. This guy. Uh, um, I can't remember his name. I can't either. Now I feel like an asshole because he was like so under, like, I think I put one time on on social media that I was like, we all love this guy so much. People are like, no one fucking knows who that is. And now I can't remember his name. Anyway. <laughs> um I think Luther Bolden, who's a really, really good talent. It's hard to have an offense without stars and to still find a way to not get this kid the ball. So, and I know Eli Drinkwitz is, is listening because he listens to our show every week. Give him the fucking ball. <laughs> like, I don't understand how difficult this is. Um, he's the best player on the team. And as you pointed out, now that Dominic Lovett is gone, not as many options. And Dominic Lovett was a one of the most underrated players in the SEC if not the country last year. Give this kid the fucking ball. Yeah, former five-star. I think he was the number one receiver. Um, uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about number one rankings anymore because I botched that whole thing. Uh, all right, number four. This one may seem like – these next two may seem like uh, they've already broken out, but I think there's a lot more to be had with both these players. Both of them reside in the SEC. This one plays for LSU name is Harold Perkins. We saw a what? lot about him towards the end of the year last year. Became a major pass rush specialist. He had four sacks against Arkansas, nine total when he didn't even play all the games last year. 6'2", 220. I think he's going to be maybe the number one defensive player in the nation next year. He already is. No. What are you talking about? This is like if like that dickhead cop. Why do you keep looking at your watch? That was like yeah, a, that was the first time I've looked at it. It was like that dickhead cop from uh, Shawshank was like, you know who's going to be a breakout player? Andy Dufresne. And I was like, well, yeah, Dufresne fucking left. He broke out, literally broke out like two years ago. Harold Perkins is like already a star. Like he's he's a freak, man. He's like, like if you go back and look at some of those other games, like big games that they needed him in, like Auburn, where they were in that weird back and forth. Um, He had like an interception with... <laughs> You remember when Auburn ran that fucking jet sweep receiver pass in the fourth quarter? Like they just, they were like on the doorstep to, to scoring and finally putting away the game, and they just they they fucked up the whole thing. Anyway, um, I he's he's a really really good player, really good player. Yeah, I think he's gonna become like the Will Anderson of college football next year. Oh boy, um, well. <laughs> Good to see you, uh, founder R. Um, all right, my next one, I kind of feel like I want to be a little bit of a homer. So let me ask you a question to see how this is fair. Is If we say best player, is it like best or like or like breakout player? Is it like, like it, I, I, have a, I feel like a couple of, there's a couple people that already kind of broke out last year, like the running back from Oregon, but people down here don't really pay attention to, to players out West. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So does that count? But does that count? I kind of already did it with the Texas thing. I'll, you know, I'll go a different direction. I'll tell you this. I'll give you a quarter. I'll give you two quarterbacks. I'm going to be a homer. My last pick two quarterbacks. Um, Drew Alar from Penn state and Peyton Thorne from Auburn. And the reason why just hear me out. Peyton Thorne, I don't think is like any kind of crazy talented kid. I think he's like a former four star and he, he did pretty well at Michigan state. 
coming to Auburn. I don't think, I don't, I don't know if he's in a situation where he's going to have the most talent around him he's ever had. Cause I don't like Michigan state, like they recruited pretty well under, um, God, I'm like off on everything today. Uh, Mel Tucker up there at um, Michigan State. Yeah, but they were horrible, right? Auburn, I mean, like they've done a great job in the portal by like by like especially shoring up the offensive line. I don't know how the receiver room is going to look. It's still kind of like a, a pretty big point of weakness. But those two quarterbacks I chose because there might not be two quarterbacks that are that – or at more high profile um, programs that'll be in, in situations to like shock the college football world. Like if Penn state goes on the road and they're able to beat Ohio state, cause Ohio state's going to be really good this year. Um, or Penn state's able to beat Michigan at home um, earlier in the year. And I think when that kid is like starting, especially cause he's taken over for Sean Clifford, who was there for eight years, Peyton Thorne, who Auburn's, early season schedule is not great. They go out to California. People aren't going to watch that game against Cal. But if this kid is able to put up, like, again, I say this, I say this a lot. Like the, the Hugh freeze offense is very different than Gus Malzahn, even though it kind of gets like, like wrapped up and and put in the same kind of conversation because it's a much more pass heavy offense. And again, if Hugh freeze can make Bo Wallace, a two time 3000 yard passer. Bo Wallace. Kind of think he could do wonders with this guy. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, uh, I know Peyton Thorne. Um, the only reason I know this is because Florida State is currently recruiting a wide receiver from Michigan State in the portal, along with Ole Miss. He should be yeah. deciding this week. And his reason for leaving there was basically he thought Peyton Thorne sucked and he wanted a better QB for his last year. Um, So we'll see. Um, Another guy that may not be considered a breakout player to some uh, listening to this podcast. And I'm sure Chris will probably shit on it as well. I will, dude. Fuck you, bro. But I think he's only scratched the surface. Michael Williams from Georgia. Why would I shit? Fuck. Why don't do, don't perpetuate the whole thing. Michael Williams is going to be a star. Yes, he is. Look at, look at his PFF grades from, Game by game last year, he got better every single game. He he took a little right. bit of a dip in the playoffs, but he also did have a sack in both the semifinal game and the the championship game. Six he was five also against in that Ohio State game, arguably the best offensive lineman that, that came out of last year's class or at last year's draft class. Right. So six five two sixty five, just another in the line of Georgia yeah. D lineman that'll be a first round pick. But this guy, this is where his breakout will be is is next year. We have such similar thoughts. I so we said five, and I I really want to give a Bama one just because I think Jace McClellan's gonna be good. People don't really know him as well, just because he's been kind of buried on the depth chart and he got injured a couple years back. Um, I think he's gonna be really good as like the main running back at Bama. Bama's got a former five-star defensive edge guy that I think is now playing inside linebacker named Jihad Campbell, which emotionally I don't know how I feel about his name. Um, you miss America. You make you mix America's team, the Alabama Crimson Tide, with a name like Jihad. Let me tell you something. I'm as liberal as they come, but if that dude kneels for the anthem, I will have a fucking fit. <laughs> I will, like I just, I'm just telling you right now. Um, if we're all being honest with each other, okay. So, but here's the here's the guy I'm gonna go with because I, I do think Jason's gonna be good. But I'll give you an SEC guy. Um. Branson Robinson. This is like a perfect breakout star in terms of like, like he's a remember that remember like a couple of years back when DeAndre Swift, like it was having such a great breakout year. And then they showed that picture of his dad in the stands and his dad's like, like fucking just cock diesel, huge. Yeah. That, like Branson Robinson has pictures of him coming out of high school where you're like, that kid's not, that's a grown ass man. That's his dad. Right. We're... <laughs> yeah. It's like, that kid, you saw it in the national championship game a couple times. Like yeah, he went in untouched, which a lot of people did uh, in that game. Um, but I think I think that he is a kid in that kind of offense. I know they're going to throw the ball a lot with with Beck, but it's also still Kirby. Uh, and also, here's the thing too: George is going to be up big in a lot of games. That kid's going to be good, man. That kid's going to be really good. I agree with uh, someone in the chat. Where was it? Uh... Maybe it was William Gray that said uh, ETN from Florida. Yeah. I that kid is really good. 
I agree with that. It's gonna be fun, man. Um, there's there's gonna be a lot of uh, you had a really good list, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and also good to see Trevor Garza back in the comments. Hasn't seen him in a minute. He brought up a really good point about Anaya Smith. I don't Anaya Smith kind of also goes back to the zero thing. Um, he wears number zero. He's coming back from injury. I don't know if he's a breakout guy. Anaya Smith is, I think, one of the best players in the SEC, regardless of that. Um, anyway, so I, I think there's a lot of good, a lot of good players, and there's and there's like several more that we're I'm sure we're glossing over because it's a top five. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll get to that next week. How about the news that came out today of of the uh, Magnificent Seven? Magnificent Seven, <laughs> which is like, I'm so glad you pointed this out. Because the whole Magnificent Seven thing is so <laughs> funny in so many ways because it was like, it was like, it, it was like because it includes NC State, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. Virginia. Or I'm in a group chat on Twitter with somebody whose his name's like, who's something? He's a Virginia guy. And he's like, I'm, I'm a Virginia guy. And even I don't feel like. There's nothing quite magnificent about that group. No. Um, depending on who you ask, there's not a lot of magnificent things coming out of charlotteville or charlottesville (laughs) like but no i think like um we you you've been on this i think more than anybody but way more than me early on um and that's financial responsibility uh which we want to go no i'm kidding um well i'm not but the the fact that like college as we know it is changing and there's just like the wheels have been in motion and there's no there's no turning back now um yeah, the fact that I don't know, I mean, I still don't think anything is imminent because apparently the grant of rights in the ACC is very ironclad. But at the same time, the fact that there were there are now seven schools in the ACC that are willing to put their name out there and say we basically don't want to be here anymore. I'm it just goes the, the end of the ACC. I mean, it really does. Yeah. I don't know when that will be, but there this this thing is moving on. Some of those teams will go play in the big 10 some will play in the sec and it'll continue this this growth yeah so what i think is going to happen i really hope this doesn't happen but the the whole like 24 to 30 team super conference thing kind of feels inevitable at this point like if we're talking about 10 years from now i think we're we're in year three of like that kind of shit and i hate it i i just i fucking hate it we're like because, because here's the thing: it's like it's not like the NFL. That's like that's just yeah. Well, it takes away from the regular season games. I mean, for sure. But, I think the playoffs will be a lot better. It'll be every game will be a lot more fun to watch. Like, I, yeah. maybe in the future you're not going to be watching. You know, Bama have to play UT Martin, Vandy, and why do they use that example? Why don't you use Georgia State? ULM. You guys played Jack State, and you guys lost to them. So no, don't hate I, on you. What do you mean hate? I'm just don't saying we on. all every every team has to play these games. You're like Jesus. We got to play Rice. Yeah, that sucks. You know, it's Not just like uh, we're playing. This year we're playing North Alabama and Southern Miss. It's like right. All right, you'd be lucky to get fifty thousand fans at the Southern. But imagine if that turns into Texas one day or yeah. or Oklahoma. You know, so it's. I think it'll be better you know throughout the season but yeah if you it not every game is you're riding and dying on every play because if right. you lose the game you're basically out yeah and that's that's what i've I've said since i was little man that i loved i loved college, about college football so much is that like and I, I would always use this word and i always felt like a little bit weird using it because it's like a little bit dramatic which is perfect for me but it was like um like the season was so precious like you only had is when I was growing up, just to date myself, you only had 11 weeks. You only had 11 games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you lost one game and you, and you like, dude, think about this, like Penn State, which we know what we know about Penn State now. Penn State had at least two, I want to say three different seasons where they went undefeated and didn't sniff the national championship. Like, which is weird. But if you had one loss, I mean, you were, you were just done. Like you just didn't have, that you know, especially in the eighties and nineties, but like it, that's what kind of made the season so great in my in my eyes. But I don't I don't know. It'll be I don't know if it's good or bad. I will tell you this though, from from seeing that that list, give me the list again of the teams. All right, so it's Florida State, Clemson, Miami, UNC, which I think are the definitely the four most valuable entities in the ACC, and then now NC State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech are seven. 
apparently if you can find eight, which would be a majority to yeah. say, Hey, we will leave. They can bust up the grant of rights, but there's oh. so few valuable entities in the ACC that I don't think they will get there. I think they will. They only need one more. What's well, going to be wake forest, Boston college. It's just, they just need one. I mean, do like, so and do like very... back to the sec. I'd fucking love that. Duke, like Duke is a very valuable entity in basketball, but I mean they're all right in football. They can be, yeah. Um, but also, are they willing? Like, and I've I heard um, uh, Bud and Danny Canal and all those guys on Cover Three talking about this. It's yeah. like what what schools are really going to be wanting to commit to? Like, if I jump to this power league of the SEC or the Big Ten, that means that I've got to be raising thirty million dollars a year in NIL and man. all shit. And it's like does it does it a program like Duke would they rather just stay in an ACC? It's like I don't, yeah. we don't want to be there. Like no. we can't be. We don't have a, and that's you know Wake Forest same thing. Like they they can have they can rise up and have good programs, but they're never gonna be able to compete in this new world of NIL. Uh, our uh, our boss Kevin Duffy posted something today, I think, or at least at least he put it on social media today, um, say like a really good point, and it's like he he was joking, but I could, he's not wrong about any part of it. Is that he, I think he said, I just really enjoyed college football more when all the payments were being made under the table. <laughs> and like, it, it just, I will, I will watch college football. It'll be my favorite thing. It's been my favorite thing since I was four years old. It'll be my favorite thing till I die. Um, besides chips and queso. And then I just will, I will figure like, you know, every year, like I'm, I'm I don't want to end up being that fan that like bitches about it. Like, you know, that like this is awful it's not it's not the game it used to be and the people are sitting out bowl games and any of that because I, I know i'm still gonna watch it but i just really hope that like the the transition into this like new era at the very least i hope it's not like unrecognizable off the bat you know what i mean like yeah. just like it needs to be like how jennifer anison's botox is gone by the way can we fucking talk about the biggest surprise of the year that Martha Stewart is apparently fucking hot. Apparently she's 81. 81. And that could seems very get old. <laughs> like what is happening? Pull up the picture. Martha Stewart was on the cover of sports illustrated. We were like fawning over angel Reese last week and her picture, but Martha Stewart just like very, don't start Willie gray. Just wait until you see it. Um, I was shocked. Shocked. Right. Let's see. It's all over Twitter. I can send you it in the DM if you want. Um, nope, I got it here. Let's see. Oh, and I know what I was going to say about the uh, the ACC thing. What is this? Yeah, that's not that. I, like I'm. What's happening? <laughs> what? I mean, obviously, that there's a, uh, there has to be a lot of work done. They had uh, to touch it up, right? Yeah, I would have said she was like 58 tops. I mean, this one's kind of nice too. She there's a whole there's a whole flock of them. She grew her hair out and just got like that. I mean, that's Bay. Wow. Yeah. So. Anyway, okay. So this is what I was gonna say. The teams, because like if you break out of the ACC, they don't all have to go to the same place right it's kind of like high school right. like you just will never see those like 90 percent of those people again exactly so um the most perfect fit and i will tell you like like the one people said miami's gonna go to the sec for such a long time there is not a more perfect fit for any team in the country right now like and hold on, let me how am i gonna phrase this because we have to clip this for fucking social um let's Five, six, seven, eight. There's not a more perfect team in the country to go to the Big Ten or any other conference for that matter than the University of Miami. And and I will tell you why. Because what the Big Ten is trying to do clearly is is have some sort of of like tether like to Middle America, right? But also while still touching like in in their roots, right? Middle America and their roots, but also still while touching every single corner of the country. They went out and got USC. They got UCLA, not only two traditional powers, but also people at like, like, you know, I mean, they're literally on the coast. 
dropping down here to Miami and going all the way down to Coral Gables, which is apparently even more south than Miami. Um, that's a perfect move. And I guarantee you that's where the, the, the big 10 goes next. If, if Miami is able to get out of that ridiculous contract with the ACC, they will go. They'll be the first team that they will contact. They also fit in well too, because Mario Cristobal only really knows how to just like pound the, the rock. Yeah. Like, and that's basically all you do in the Big Ten. So yeah, I, I think it would be. Um, I honestly think it would be a really, really good fit. I think what's weird, man, is just like, like if you and UNC will probably go to the Big Ten because it's a good school academically, and they have like the whole basketball thing. It's not just a football school. I just like the weirdest part of all this. People talk about how, like, you know, expansion and how it's 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 like it, whether it's good or bad. It's just so different than how it was growing up. The weirdest part is not, like for expansion is not football related. It's like it, it is a thousand percent like, you know, Georgia and Texas playing on a Tuesday night in basketball. That's that's the weirdest part. Yeah, right. What, David Hill. Um, all right. Last segment here. I think I just wanted to go through how the end of the AP top 25 last year ended and kind of pick out some teams that we think yeah. maybe wouldn't wouldn't have the same success and i think it's probably easiest to take tcu out of the running here because let's be honest i don't think anyone's expecting them to make another uh national yeah. title run you gotta take them out yeah i mean i think we both were probably gonna have them number one it's like you look the list starts there it's like okay well okay. tcu is not gonna be that high what about tennessee <laughs> and i'm not look i'm not even trying to start shit i've never been a joe milton fan yeah and i think not enough is being talked about about him taking over for Hinton Hooker. He was supposed to be the guy in the first place, and he couldn't get it done. And so Hinton Hooker came in and basically became a revelation for Tennessee in the offense. You lose him, uh, you lose Hooker, you lose uh, Hyatt. You lose yeah. a lot of offensive firepower. The defense was never really that good last year. Can it get better? I don't know. Right. Uh, but Tennessee, I mean, they, they finished number six last year. Yeah, I think that's a very obvious choice, and I don't think you're wrong at all. Um, they, I've said this like all offseason, so it's kind of like beating a dead horse for me. Probably is that like I'm not sold on Joe Milton either, and and because here's the thing, that offense is not based off of like chunk plays; it's based off of like very very accurate downfield passing. And Joe Milton already in that Orange Bowl like proved me a little bit wrong because he looked great, like he looked great, and. and, and he can throw it further than anyone in the country, right? Besides Uncle Rico. At the same time, I mean, like, I, I think in five years, we're going to look at Hinton Hooker and his numbers that he put up. And I'm talking about in an era of Stetson and Bryce Young. And then you talk about, like, from a draft standpoint of Will Levis and whatever, like that, that kind of shit. Hinton Hooker had, like, five interceptions in two years. Like, that is a – he's he's not going to be considered, like, a, a, a Peyton Manning or even a T. Martin – um, or maybe even a Josh Dobbs in some circles of, of like importance to that that program, but from a number standpoint, Hinton Hooker is one of the best quarter is the best quarterback to come through that school since Peyton Manning. I, like yeah. Yeah. having five interceptions, this is the worst cliche to use here, but that kind of shit doesn't grow on trees. Like that's like a, you know, I I just don't I don't think Joe Milton can do that. I, I'll give you my first one, and I honestly hate to say this one first, cause I love where the quarterback situation is. And I love like the, uh, the ability of the the head coach, even though he's in year two, but Oregon, I think is going to take a step back because you got to play Oregon state. You lost to him two years ago. Um, you, you've like, you got to play Washington, which is a, like the PAC 12. I've said this a couple weeks ago, PAC 12, I think is going to be the second best conference in the country this year. And, and the parity that you're going to see in the, in the, in the Pac-12 is going to be really top-heavy. It's going to be very SEC-like, where it's going to be like – and I'm not saying from the, their style of football or any of that kind of shit. I'm saying you're going to have USC and Caleb Williams who are going to be really, really good. We saw it in year one with, with Lincoln Riley. Year, you know, they were knocking on the door of the playoff. They probably won't play defense, but you know, not everyone does in that league. Cal's going to be better than people think. You still have, like I said, you have Washington. Washington State was better, I think, than people – uh, some people gave him credit for Arizona State, Arizona. I don't know what that looks like. You get Dion over at Colorado. No, wait. Yeah, you do. You get Dion over at Colorado. Um, there's just a lot of new consistency 
it's probably the best way to put it in in the Pac-12. And I think that Oregon is going to be the one that has the most difficult schedule where they will take the like they're going to take a step back also because like they're they're they've submitted themselves as a national brand. So it's going to be like, you know, I, I this, we're not going to be accustomed to seeing Oregon at eight and four if that's what happens. Right. Uh, this one probably seems obvious, but I'm really buying into it is Clemson finally continuing to take a step down. But, but I mean, this would be the first year. I think, I think they won't win the ACC. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a confluence of things. You finally got a, a, a Florida state program that's on the rise and, and is ready to compete again. Um, but also, uh, you've got a, a tricky schedule this year. Um, you got to play Florida State early in the year. I'm not sold on Club Nick yet. I mean, I like, granted he was a true freshman last year, so I'm willing to say, hey, maybe through well, this throw. spring. But who is he throwing the ball to? Like Antonio Williams is a decent receiver, but I mean, I'm sure most people listening to this podcast don't even have never heard his name. Yeah. Um, and where are the Sammy Watkins? Where are the where's the new Copkins? Where are these guys? Yeah. Hell, even a Hunter Renfro. Like, you know, like Justin Ross. Like, where are all these guys that they've had? Mm-hmm. I just don't see it on their offense. They lost a ton of talent along the defense, and they still have a lot of talent, but it's young talent mm-hmm. on the defensive line. And they've never really been great on the O line. And I just think um, you know, you gotta play four state, you get him at home, which is nice, but then you go to Miami, probably not that hard, but then to NC State, which is always tough. Right. And you gotta go to Notre Dame, which has Sam Hartman now, and I think is a much improved program. Plus, you lost to South Carolina last year. You play them in Columbia this year. Right. You gotta play UNC this year, who I think with Drake May should have a pretty competitive uh roster. So to me, um I, I think Clemson, this is the year where they finally don't win the ACC. And I'm hoping it's Florida State. I, I'm yeah, and I, I think that like I know you've been banging the drum for this all off season, but I don't disagree with you either. Um, love the comments here uh, from our audience. Um, uh, Harry, Harry saying Pacto will be bloody. We've talked about this before, Harry. I think you're a thousand percent right about that. Trevor Garza, welcome back again. Already making good points. Who's blocking for Club Nick at Clemson? That's gonna be my next deep dive because I remember bringing this up in two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like the offensive line and the underdevelopment there that Clemson has had under Dabo has been like. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm almost confident they haven't. Almost had anyone, I'm almost confident they haven't had anyone over a over a second round draft pick at offensive line in the last decade that Dabo's been there. Like, no, I. I who was the kid that came out? Yeah, you. Uh, I think you're right. Jackson Carmen, I think, was a five star, and I don't know if he's still on the roster, but yeah, no, you're right. It's. Especially for a program that's had as much success as Clemson has, you'd be shocked to see how little talent they've had on the O-line, which is... And they recruited really well for like like a while there. Clemson was like in the top. Again, they're still great. They still have like a lot of talent and and recruits. Like they recruit well. But like for a while there, they were getting like, yeah, this five... It was like Bama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State. And that was it. Clemson was in that mix. You don't really hear that as much anymore. And Clemson also... Like they were bringing in all these five stars, but none of them at like that position, which was just like, if they were like, again, they wouldn't pan out, which is super weird. Um, Well, and I think, you know, perception is reality. Like I remember it happened with Florida State. It's like, oh, like I don't, I I feel like I wasn't hearing them being in the mix with kids and recruiting anymore. And I was like, wow, you know, it's still Florida State. They'll find the kids. And then, they, you know, a couple of years down the road, they fell off. And um, I think that on the recruiting trail, if you're not a popular name, that also holds weight with the recruits um and i don't see a ton of kids jumping to play for clemson right now i mean they'll certainly land five stars still but they're not recruiting at the level uh, that they were or certainly not the level of a georgia bama ohio state type yeah i would agree with that um all right my next one uh, where do I want to go here? oh i'll give you one um wait fuck where i just oh okay and i this one pains me to say because I do love what they have in the backfield, especially in the backfield, but Arkansas. And it, this sounds weird because they only have won. They won nine games two years ago. I think they won seven last year. They went seven and six. Um, they had that weird win against Kansas in the, in the Liberty bowl um, or independence bowl, whichever one it was. I just like, there's, I say this a lot. There's so much that goes into winning at college, like it, in, in college football, especially at this level. And it's stuff that I I really didn't realize until I started like doing this job, like, you know, five, six years ago, 
um, the success of like quarterbacks and head coaches and all stuff that, that will for the most part be, be designated and, and kind of like, um, described as, as like, Oh, this guy's trash. This guy sucks. Like there, or this person, he, this is a bust. He failed, but there's so much that goes into it. Like hiring for offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators and, and like the talent you bring in and keep and able to develop all that kind of stuff. But the offensive and defensive coordinators specifically, this is the first time in the Sam Pittman era that he's going to have not only one new coordinator, but a, like two new coordinators. Um, Cause Barry Odom and, uh, and Bryles are both gone. Odom, the what concerns me is that the uh, the defense was already really bad at Arkansas last year, especially in the secondary, like on the back end. Um, you lose Jalen Catalan, you lose Drew Sanders. I mean, I think you finally lose Bumper Pool. Um, you not only have a like the depth and your best players that you have to replace on defense, but losing Barry Odom, who was like a former head coach and can help with this whole process during Pittman's first initial three years as a head coach. That's a big loss, man. That's a big, even I, I'm not saying Barry Odom was like, you know, like the best coach in the world, but that, that experience is now gone. I just don't. And they're already in the toughest division in football. Yep. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, with Kendall Bryles going out too, it's just, it's, there's a lot of change over. I, I'm interested to see back on Clemson too, how Garrett Riley does there and how long he's yeah. there. Um, all right. Well, we're, we're coming up on time here. Um, I don't really have any like big movers or shakers outside of the top 25 from last year. Yeah. You... I, I agree with that. Um, all right. Well, you know, as things continue to we have one more thing, we have the audience questions from, uh, from Instagram and social media that we've been doing. We're going to start doing all off season. Okay. Awesome. They have to, um, also, yeah, like you guys are great in the comments. We talk about every single week. Um, and, and, uh, and all that good stuff. But if you have any questions and we try to do this whole segment, like the non-football related stuff, especially um, in the off season, a lot of fun, uh, make sure you send them in and we'll read them on air for the best ones. Let's get into this week's um, questions here. Let's see here. Who has, <laughs> this is good. Um, what non sec school is the most sec school? I mean, I think the, the easy one is probably Clemson. And Florida State are the two. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Florida State is more more SEC. Ohio State is my answer. Ohio State is, is like the recruiting or in the fan base. The way the fan base is so so SEC. They are rabid. They're awful. They are delusional. All of the things that we all are in the SEC as fans, like it's it's like they fit it to a T. They recruit nationally um and they're always relevant it's like they, they are the that's why everyone hates them that's why i hated them for so long like they're they are the epitome of an sec team they just sort of live in in um ohio um oh what okay <laughs> so somebody said um how about if you had to no i don't want to do that one favorite thing to do in your free time that's from ashton brown favorite thing to do in your free time Depends on how much free time I have. Uh, if yeah. it's like an extended day and it's nice mm -hmm. weather, I like to go play golf. Yeah. Um, if it's 20 minutes, got to kill some time, want to relax. Uh, I play guitar. Been playing that since I was 14. And pretty much anything musical is my jam. Yeah. That's I do fair. play. I play PS5 a little bit. Um, but I've been, you know, I'm, I'm really bad at like, watching shows and like yeah. movies my my attention span is not great for that kind of stuff what about you um well we're trying to learn some new habits some healthier habits so i think for me um i think gardening. i would have said what's that gardening gardening i went for a run earlier i'm trying to get back into that um yeah. uh i i so I've, I've been like really big into uh binging shows and stuff like that i i tell you what like binging shows especially it's probably like my new reading and I say new, I mean, like it hasn't like I was reading in the past. So, yeah. um, but I think that, uh, there's been like some like really, really good shows like this year. I, and I've, I've like tried to get into those a bunch. Um, and yeah, so like I, I, I've 
I, like succession i tried to get into it's kind of like whatever like like it's harder for you because like you you know you got kids and, and all that kind of stuff it's like for me it's like you know and i'm already kind of like a night owl so um but i tell you what honestly and this is i don't know if this doesn't answer the question but one thing i really do like doing in my downtime is like there's like deep dives <laughs> and like looking up like information and and like getting into these like rabbit holes about stuff i really, uh, really I, I enjoy that too um but sometimes I get like way too, if I get too into it and I, I'll look back after like two hours and I'll be like, I don't think any of this statistics are really having anything to do with anything. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the worst wasted thing. two hours of my day. I remember, I remember one night I was, I was trying to convince myself that LSU was going to be bad this year. This is like not that long ago. And I was talking to Mickey Sheremy about it. And, uh, and I'm like, let me just say you, you guys are going to take a step back. And I've, I've said it a bunch in the off season, but I don't, and I still think they have to prove some shit, whatever. But I remember like doing the deep dive and I'm looking at these stats. I'm looking at their upcoming schedule and their schedule is like, oh, it's not bad at all. And then it's like looking at like, um, and then it was like looking at at their, their, I'm like, I remember I was just, I finally after like 20 or 30 minutes just admitted to myself that I was like, I'm just forcing what other, whatever stat I can find. Cause it's not, it's not adding up. Um, anyway. Okay. What's your uh, oh, last one here? Let's see here um not really any great ones here if you had asked school we've already done that well, let's answer one of the comments here um landscaping is my talk have you ever done one. shoot the hooch yes i've done that i haven't done that yeah it's pretty fun i mean the the the, the chat kind of dirty now though you know now yeah also yeah, yeah ever since alan jackson ruined it um you know sure Made that pyramid of cans in the pale moonlight. And that is a good out. idea. Uh, I don't know how to say your name, Alias. Yeah, Alice. Maybe. Maybe it's a unique way Elias. to spell Alice. Elias. Uh, I need to try that. Is watching a show while I exercise on a bike. Yeah. Dude, do you have a? Don't you have a Peloton? Yeah. But I mean, I feel like with those, you kind of have to watch the. Unless you're just going on like a free ride, you got to watch the instruction. I when I was on the Peloton back at the house of the alley and this is when i started my slip into bad uh habits but i would have just then a, a thing pull, just then <laughs> i'm getting out of them now um but i i would pull over like a this little it's right over here this little white um thing back here like the little books shelf i would pull it right next to the peloton and i would set up poker and just sit there and fucking play poker while i was riding the bike and like and then have an hour time limit because everything just turned red and on the timer no we're good okay yep interesting anyway all right last not least flats versus drums that's fine i like that go ahead which and also what's what's your wing sauce um so my go-to these days is a hot wing sauce. And then I asked them to bring out the lemon pepper dry rub as like a, just the rub in a cup and you dip the hot wing and get the rub all over the wing. You're, I don't like any of like, if I had to serve you and I was like still serving tables, I would, I would fucking hate you. Uh, all you gotta, all I say is uh 10 hot wings and then a side of lemon pepper dry rub. Yeah. Um, Texas Pete. Obviously, good. Texas Pete. Yeah, obviously, Texas Pete. Love it. Um, I will say... And I'd say I like flats, too. I don't really... Yeah, I, I actually had... Uh, I went out last night, even though it was Sunday. Don't judge. They had Capri Sun at the bar I was at. It was awesome. That is cool. Yeah. Anyway, so... Um, but I had some wings last night. Especially because you know that there's not children there, so it's just kind of weird that they have it. Yeah. I was saying it as a joke. It's like one of my go-to like jokes at the bar. Like I'll just do a tequila and Capri Sun. <laughs> and they're like, actually, she was like, yeah, it's frozen. Is that okay? And I was like, I love you. I don't know. Um, so I'm now we're married. Again. Now we're married. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I will say I like. Uh, I don't really have a preference preference on the flats or drums thing, um, but also I don't like where the state of hot sauce is going right now in the world because outside of texas pete yeah, yeah people are I getting agree. so aggressive about it so it's like so sometimes i'll just order medium because i feel like if i order hot someone's like oh you want hot well i put a ghost pepper in here and you're gonna shoot fire out of your mouth for three days and i'm like i don't 
it's like a very weird um do you even lift bro like like vibe that i get from fucking uh hot hot sauce like and wing sauce now anyway that's it all right that's the show we love you guys thanks for joining us you guys have been great sorry how it started but it was great all right we'll see you guys later